0: Welcome to season two of Conversations with Jonathan Stockstill.
1: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Conversations. Man, I love doing these podcasts. Today I have somebody special with me is Mr. Cardiff Booth, the one, the only, the man himself.
0: Cardiff, how you feeling today? Doing good, man. Excited. Really? Glad to be here.
1: Man, very cool. What's been going on in your life? You told me yesterday that your two kids came to prayer last night. Right. And we have prayer every Wednesday night at church, which makes today Thursday, wherever you're listening to this. But your two kids came to church last night, and they love prayer. How old are
0: they? Uh, They are both five, two uh, twins, so five years old, came to prayer, and... Pray, yeah, it's a good space to like let your kids experience church without going crazy on Sunday morning. That's you know, right. So
1: they don't have to behave themselves for a thirty-five minute sermon. No, so yeah. we've
0: been—that's been like a good testing ground for us.
1: That's good. So yeah. tell me about what they said on the way home.
0: Yeah, so it's funny because we're in this process, like, hey, this is worship, like entire way to prayer. I was like. This is what worship is. We sing, you know, songs to the Lord. They're like, well, what if we can't sing? We don't. What if we don't know the words? I'm like, well, just, just hum or something. You know, like we're going to worship God. So we got in the car after prayer, and they're like, one of my son's hobbies was like, Dad, I love going to prayer. And I was like, let's go, bro. That's, That's a awesome. win right there. That's a big win. But
1: then what happened at home?
0: <laughs> so then we got home, and within five minutes, one of them had looked at the other one in a crossway or something, and I just hear the... And someone had smacked somebody, and I was like, such good wins and such good losses all within 10 minutes. Human nature right there. We (laughs) go
1: from the mountaintop to the valley. All right. So today, guys, I'm so excited about our topic today because it's something that I'm very passionate about. I feel like our culture needs to hear conversations about this stuff. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the wins of parenting, Mm. what makes a win, uh, and so Parenting, I think, is so huge for our culture. Right. It's massive. uh, And we have so many broken families, so many uh, homes that just need good counsel on parenting. Right. Uh, So that's what this podcast is all about. We're going to focus on parenting. So uh, I'll let you take lead. What what do you feel like the best way to tackle this incredible topic is?
0: Well, I think... I think a lot of times this is such a big topic and you could go down a hundred different rabbit trails with it but I think something that's I'm always looking for is what are my wins and what are my losses like what what can I do to to win in this area as a parent and what are things that are going to make me lose in this area as a parent and it's funny I never thought about this until you had kids and then when those kids start talking back talking to you, you're like Oh man, I got to figure this thing out. Yeah. I got to figure out what does the Bible say about parenting. What have I gotten from parenting growing up? And all there's like this flood of information that you're like needing and you're wanting, but it's all happening in real time at the same time. Um, so, I my question, I think, and I, I feel like a lot of people's question is, what are the failures of parenting, and especially from a Christian perspective, like. What what makes us win and lose at parenting? And it's hard to think no, of that that's, like okay. as a parent, but there's a great a great angle for it. Um, let me just say this.
1: I'm I'm not gonna put up a bunch of disclaimers because I wanna get straight to what I feel. Right. and uh, I'm not gonna so Although you can attach a lot of disclaimers to this, oh, they're good kids. They're you know, there's For so many sure. disclaimers. <laughs> I'm just going to come straight at parents because I'm a parent. I have four kids. I have a 13 year old, 11 year old, 7 year old, 5 year old, three girls, one boy. Come on, and life could not get more uh, intense right now. <laughs> so you know, I, I have strong feelings about it. No disclaimers. I'm going to give people five failures that i see good. parents all right <laughs> i'm guilty of these i'm i'm definitely guilty of these but they're very clear to me the first failure that i see happening with a lot of parents uh is a failure of time wow okay time they're not spending enough time with their kids and there's all the reasons why you know we right. got we got we got to make money we got to live in a nice place we got yep. to take care of, so we got to pay bills there's, there's lots of reasons why, but I, I think lots of kids are missing just time yeah. with their parents. So and I'm talking about making sure that your evenings are quality time. Right. Uh, I, I suggest four to five evenings a week mm. being focused on your family. So uh, then I also suggest your weekends. That your weekends are not spent on your personal passions, but they're spent on investing into the the, the lives of your kids. Uh, I also think family vacations, Yeah. and there's always a temptation. I've, we face this, Angie and I face this temptation. Family vacations, the kids always want to bring friends. Yeah, and I love that. I love I love friends being able to come, but it changes the di- the dynamic right. of the vacation. Now they're spending quality time with their friend, right? And you're bringing them all on a on a field trip. Yeah. Versus, we're all on a family vacation and we're right. hanging out together, and I I have tried to be a guardian for our family on like, hey, stock still family time, right? Is, is stock still family time? It's protected. There's six of us. Yeah, it's not eight. It's not nine. It's six, and so like That's we good. go. And if there's seven, it's our dog. But, <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying you can't. And bring other people into it. But if all of your time is watered down time yeah. and there's no focus time with your family, and um, I I think most parents are missing it in this crucial area of just not spending enough time. Their kids' hearts drift away from them. Yeah. And, and they don't know where they lost it, but it was just a lack of time. Second yeah. failure that I see happening is attention because you can be with somebody but right. not be locked in on somebody. Right. So attention is my... Like, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not daydreaming. Yep. I'm, like, really locked in. Some people are great listeners. Some people are horrible listeners. I would qualify in the latter group. I'm a horrible listener. Like, Cardiff, if I've ever failed you in this regard, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like, if somebody's talking, my brain starts working. Yeah. And so you're talking, but my brain is working. And so right. I'm like, I'll catch up with what he's saying, I'm sure. But, like, I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you have that for a five-year-old. Yeah. Who's just... Trying
1: to bare their soul to you. Yeah. Like, Dad, today at school this happened, and you're like, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But, man, that's where parents are failing. Yeah. Like, you got to lock in and, like,
0: really, really empathize and care. What would you say to the parent Because I, I think I've even struggled like this. I'm really passionate about my work. I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. But I'm coming home, and my kids are kind of... Uh, a spot of tension because they're going through a phase or, or they're five years old and not the most interesting thing to listen to all the times, but you're really passionate about your work. And so then you're, I think that you start struggling with that. I'm spending quality time with my kids verse. It's a sacrifice Yeah,
1: because there are moments where like, what I want to do is spend time with them. Yeah, But there's oftentimes where that's not what I want to do. Honestly, I want to defrag. When I get home from a long day of making yeah. decisions and and being at work, I want to look at my phone. I want to see what's going on on Twitter. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> sure. I want to, you know, I just want to veg out. And uh, so it's a sacrifice, but all great relationships require that. Right. It's like I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to lock into this moment and I'm going to be here, be present. And so I think just that intentionality. Uh, you could go to the extreme of saying, "Man, put your devices down. Put right. them in another room. Lock them." I mean, some people collect all the devices, right? And just say, "We're gonna, we're gonna give each other quality time and attention, right?" And listen.
0: So something I grew up that I realized, especially now being a father, that I realized my dad did is every time I looked up at a soccer game or at a football game, my dad was there. That means a lot. And as a parent now it's i've like realized that i'm like man my dad came to everything he was all and he he worked he had a job he did all the stuff but i look back now he had such an attention for what me and my brother were doing and my sister like he had so much attention on us he was at all of our concerts all of our uh foot you know games and whatnot and I, I think that means a lot, not just not just attending something or, or being present, but your attention is on it fully. And I think as a parent, that's, that's a struggle. But like you said, I think if we can make that sacrifice for our kids. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I mean,
1: people, when they're in their 70s, 80s, they talk about when they were a kid right. playing basketball and their dad walked in and sat on the bleachers and right. what that meant to them. I mean, there's... It, it's so impacting. Right. And if you're a parent out there listening and you didn't have this growing up and there's like a hole in your heart, you, you know. You yeah. know how much that attention matters. And right. you feel the residue of not having it. Right. You know, there's like, and so but you have the, the, the ability to give that yes. and be that. Right. And it's just amazing what it creates in a child. So yeah. the first failure of most parents is time. Second failure is true attention, genuine attention. Number three. The third failure is discipline. Everyone's favorite word. Discipline. It's something that our culture doesn't like. Uh,
2: Yeah.
1: Obviously, uh, we live in a society that doesn't like authority. Yeah. We don't like a teacher's authority. We don't like any government officials' authorities. We don't like police authority. We don't like like authority. We don't want somebody to be in charge. So... Uh, but in a household, you know, kids come, there's, they, they have good tendencies to their nature, but all of us are sinful. All of us yeah. have fallen. And so it's just a matter of time those sinful things come to the surface. Deceit. Right. Anger. Right. G- greediness or whatever. Sure. You know, they come to the surface and God has put the responsibility of pruning a child's character while they're young to deal with these issues. Right. So when they're 30 years old, these are not full-blown branches yes. that have to be sawed off. Right now we can use clippers. Right. And so discipline is that that friction that they feel. The Bible instructs us not to discipline in anger. Yeah. And I think one failure that I see is a lack of discipline, but another failure I see is wrong discipline. Yeah. It's like this outburst of yeah. and and kids don't they they can't even understand what's going on. They just right. know uh, it's bad. Something's bad. I did something bad. And so disciplining in the correct way, in the right times is such a important thing of godly parenting. Yeah. And uh several things. I don't shy away from discipline, wow. so some parents are like, you know, it, I'm, it's not worth it. I don't feel like right diving in right now. Yes, and that's not a great thing. You yeah. gotta, you gotta commit. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in. Right when they lie, I'm not letting it go. Right when they, when they disrespect grown people, yes. especially. Their mom or myself. If they disrespect, I'm not just letting it go.
0: Right. Something, okay? your, something your dad said in a sermon a couple of years ago that me and my wife Amy have stuck to is he's like, win every battle. Yeah. It's like, don't come out of a battle and lose. They won. Yeah. Right. And dude, that's been like a huge staple in our house. Like yeah. we, we literally look at each other like, win every battle.
1: You know? <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. But, but, you know, my other encouragement to parents is, discipline with strategy mm. and skill and intentionality. So I never discipline in rage. Yeah. I never discipline, and not that I'm not tempted to. Right. I mean, I have to calm down sometimes. You know, I have to make oh, yeah. myself go away, calm down, yeah. and come in with strategy. And kids are smart. Right. You can, a lot of times, if you spend the time to rationally explain to them their Failure, yes, wh- what went wrong, and calm them down and explain instead of just rah, rah, yelling and, and screaming. Like, this is an opportunity to shape them, right? To shape their character. And I've seen our kids really
0: respond well yeah. to this
1: to pruning.
0: Um, can you speak a little bit to just for a, a, a bit about how to get on the same page with your spouse? when it comes to discipline. Because I think, you know, every spouse would say, yeah, we need to spend more time. We need to give our kids more attention. Then discipline is probably the first one where it's like, well, I think we should do this instead. I think we should do this.
1: Obviously, the closer your values align, Mm -hmm. the easier that is. Yeah. So if you're trying to, like, in every single moment, determine how each person feels about how this moment should be handled – it's going to be frustrating because it's, there's endless moments. But if you are on the same page with values Mm. and the values that I'm talking about are, let's use, for example, do you use physical discipline? Right. Like, do you spank? Mm -hmm. And there are some people that say, no, we'd, we'd never spank. Or, Yes, and so, if you have two different sets of values, I was raised like this, you were raised like this. you're gonna have a hard time, yeah, because these are two separate value systems, right? You have to find a common value system so you can execute it, yeah, you know so uh, Angie and I were raised very similar,, yeah. so we don't have a lot of friction on on discipline. Actually, hardly ever. That's good. Most of the time, it's like, yeah, they need it.
0: It's funny. Uh, I grew up with a brother, and me and my brother were very strong with one another. And my dad was really strong, so I think that helped. But uh, my wife, it was just her and her sister. So it was like a girl house, boy house. And then we have all boys. We have three boys. And so the dynamics there have been a lot different for her. And it's kind of been a funny journey to watch where she's, she's like, toughened up because she has to be a boy mom mm. and it's it's been a real fun there's journey. definitely a difference yeah without
1: questions I grew up with four boy siblings yeah and one girl sibling so there were six of us five boys one girl no my son has three sisters yeah and our houses feel so different than than the house I grew up in, just yeah. because of that femininity. It's right. so much softer, way easier to yeah. deal with. We were hard to deal with. Our like my siblings and I like so hard to deal with. We we were getting disciplined every day, yeah, every single day. Same with my us. daughters are like, they're just sweet. As I mean, they never <laughs> do anything wrong. I have to look for things to, yeah. to correct them with. But back to that component of co- communication mm-hmm. between two spouses. There are obviously there are moments of, of friction where this doesn't feel like they should be disciplined. Yeah. This one really feels like they should be disciplined. Uh, and I just think use sensibility, use teamwork, respond to one another's instincts because a lot of times you you are in a state of being upset, right? And your spouse is thinking clearly, and just be be responsive to that, yeah. and and don't just blaze over it, uh, but. I'm going to just say this because, like I said, I'm not going to make a bunch of disclaimers. This is my podcast, and you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to say how I feel. Uh, I believe in physical discipline yeah, because the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And mm-hmm. if you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. There's so many people that say, oh, that's horrible. That's yeah. horrible. But pain is the only way that people learn,
2: mm-hmm.
1: truly, or change Yeah, pain. And for a child that's three years old, four years old, they have to know something is really wrong with what I just did. Right. And oftentimes you can, pain can be, go sit in your room for a little while, put your nose in the corner. Yeah, It can be a, a but rarely is it, Hey, I don't like what you just did. Right. Please don't do that again. Uh, and there is a fine line between discipline and abuse. Yes. You know, if you step over into rage and anger and you're you you're not sensible and you're thinking then this is this is wrong. Right. But if it's if it's done in a way that is calm, strong, not excessive, right, but they understand something I just did was not okay. There's a line here. To, to be honest, frankly, I see parents struggle with their kids. Their kids yell at them. Yeah, They they call them names. Right. They throw fits in restaurants. They do stuff, and parents are just totally like, what do I do? I yeah. don't know what to do. And they just are helpless yeah. because they have this ideology that, like, I just have to take whatever this kid is doing. And, and my kids are not like that. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it other than if you don't use physical discipline when a child is young right. then they they don't have any frame of reference to like why should I stop doing this right and so it it just forms an authority now this is biblical yeah you know and and all, through the old testament new testament and as christians we believe in the truth of it but we see the fruit of it in a disciplined child in what they are they're they're calm respectful yes. uh honest that all of these traits, and so uh, I know that this is a hot topic, but I won't hit it much in my podcast, so while I'm hitting it, I'm just going to say it. it. Uh, I encourage parents to use physical discipline with their children, especially the younger ones, and never do it in anger, always do it with intentionality, never excessive, but enough for them to know I'm not in charge. Right. This is, to me, what so many families are missing. Missing. Yep. And you know what? So many Christian families are missing this. Yes. And their kids are just running over them, yep. totally running over them. And they have no ability to control it. So that's the third failure. So let's good. talk about the fourth failure. Fourth failure is affirmation. I see discipline and affirmations as really the two balancing yes. uh, acts of parenting. You, you discipline and say, you did this wrong. Mm-hmm. And you affirm and you say, you did this right. And it's amazing to me how many kids don't receive affirmation yeah. from their parents. Uh, a mother's affirmation is so important. Mm. A father's affirmation is unique in its own way, yeah. and it means so much to a child. Just this morning before we uh, brought our kids to school, my son was telling me about his progress in school. And uh, I I just spent a second and I said, man, you were so smart. I said, really, you, you're, like, so smart. And I said, and then I grabbed his arms, and I'm like, and bro, you're strong. Come on, and, I, and then I said, and you know what? You're handsome. And so I just, like, I used Went the opportunity in. just to go in. Yeah. Dude, like, he was, like, beaming, just <laughs> beaming. And I realized, like, how powerful that affirmation yeah. is to a child. I think parents can, uh, I want to say they can overdo it. It's hard to overdo it. You yeah. can flatter your child and fluff, puff them up to where they're not living in reality. Right. Like, you're a great singer. It's like, well, no, they're not they really a good sing singer. And, right. and so they're, you're setting them up for embarrassment. But, uh, <laughs> but most of the time, kids are way under-affirmed. And so... I just think that that's a failure and and people have pride and they yeah. don't know how to say stuff to their kids or I'm right. not, I'm not telling them they did good if they didn't do good. Yeah. You know, there's all these weird ideologies and maybe they picked it up from their parents. Their parents right. never affirmed them, but like, man, if you affirm a child correctly, yes, it's amazing what they could become. It's
0: funny. Cause I think that's something I've had to work on a lot. Being a, a father is I'm, I'm slow to affirm. I think I think a lot about it and wanting to say what I want to say and, but uh my one of my twins he's very much a firstborn and so he'll do something and then he'll like look at me and be like was that good dad And I'm like, oh buddy yeah that was awesome but like it's almost like he's helped me and like forced me like I need to say something to him like he's looking for vacuum yeah like he's looking for this and I'm not saying it enough which is why he, even yesterday I said something to his his other brother and I, he looked at me he goes, have I done a good job too, dad? And I was like, yeah, bro, you're good. But no, man, I, I think that's a, a huge missing component in parenting right now, especially after discipline. I think when you, you have discipline and then it lacks affirmation afterwards, I, I think there's a vacuum there.
1: Well, here's the truth. If you affirm, right, you don't have to discipline a lot. Yeah. Cause affirmation is such a positive force. Right. I mean, you start affirming the right stuff mm. and, 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 They don't want to do the other stuff. Yeah. You know, so the fifth myth that I see is spirituality. Mm. Spirituality is a God consciousness in your home. And is it possible that people overplay this? Yes. I've Mm. seen weird people that overplay spirituality and their parents are um, overboard. But for the by and large, there is a, lot of carnality in people's homes. Yeah. The stuff that they consume in the home. Right. What they watch in front of their kids, uh, the way they talk in front of their kids. If church is only something you go to, mm-hmm. and it's not something that permeates every aspect of your life, yeah, then your kids grow up thinking about this world right. and not the next. And so... I do think parents often fail in this category Mm. of having a spiritual household. Yeah. I think this family devotion times are important. Yeah. Everybody reading the scripture together. Mm -hmm. Everybody talking about their faith. uh, Times of meaningful prayer at meals, before bed, and devotions. Parents that truly model spirituality mm. and not just talk about it when they're at church. Right. But like they really live this way. Kids that wake up and see their dad reading the Bible. Right. Or kids that realize their mom was out praying, doing a prayer walk. Yeah. you know, Just this a concept that this is real to us.
0: What would you say to someone who maybe isn't sure where to start in that area and they're just like, I, I'm not really sure doing family devotions with my teenagers is weird. Or, Mm. you know, they're kind of in that place of, like, we want to do this, and I know that I need to do this, but what does that actually look like in the practical?
1: All right. This is unfiltered advice, okay? Be in a church that your kids will flourish in. Mm. Don't go to a church that your kids hate going to. Mm. They need to have great spiritual role models around them. Yeah. Find strong student ministries, kids ministries, and plug in. That's good. So I don't want anybody to leave churches, you know. Yeah. But seriously, if you have kids and it's not a spiritual environment and they don't enjoy being a part, like find something. Find something that is. Yes. That's good. Secondly, be faithful. Mm. Be faithful to church. Some parents think that they can go once a month, once every six weeks, and that really is the national trend. Yeah. I would encourage every parent to do everything it takes to be at church every single week. That's good. Uh, because that forms a rhythm. And if they love the church and they're going every single week, they're mm-hmm. forming these patterns in their minds that will last them a lifetime. Right. The third thing I would say is consider extra spiritual event in the week, hmm. a small group yep. or a prayer night, you know, here at Bethany, we have prayer nights. We right. have, and you were with last night, you had your kids there. Yep. I have my kids there. It's amazing. Last week at prayer, my daughter, the Lord spoke to her, told hmm. her to write something down. And she's like, she told this to me wow. and it just blessed me so much because she was in an environment that was spiritual some people are like, oh, they got homework, they got sports, they got yeah. all this stuff. And I just think we fail our kids if we don't get them environments, spiritual environments where God can speak to them. Yeah. I'll never forget the moments God spoke to me as a child. Prayer meetings. Yeah. The first time I ever heard the Lord speak to my heart, I was in a youth prayer meeting. Yeah. If I had not been there and I would have missed that statement from God.
0: Right. Man. I, I remember I remember my mom dragging us to church, and she was a worship leader, and she would make us sit under the piano while she led worship because she didn't trust or, you know, whatever. But I remember us, like, worshiping under the piano as she played, like, at church, like, vividly remember these moments of, like, experiencing God for the first time, Mm. you know. And But, yeah, it's, it's funny. You look back at those moments and then you look now, I'm like, man, I want that for my kids now. Yeah. You know, I want them... I don't want them to wait till they're 10, 13 years old before they experience the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. you know I want them to experience God now.
1: Put them in the youth camp, youth yeah. conferences. I mean, obviously make sure that you trust right the people that you put, put them in. but <laughs> yeah you know, get them in spiritual environments, but then how do you make it practical at home? I guess this would be my greatest encouragement is have a family devotion time mm-hmm. once a week. Set that as a goal. Take one night. Uh, this is something, the simple way to do it is let everybody open the Bible to one chapter, Hmm. pick a chapter. And honestly, if you don't know the Bible that, that well choose new Testament. It's probably better. Pick a, pick a chapter and then let each kid read three verses. That's good. So you read three verses, then the next oldest leads three, reads three verses. Then the next one reads three verses and you circle through the family and if longer chapters. You'll end up doing it more than once, but, they each have a participation in reading the scripture out loud. That's good. Once that's finished and it only takes five minutes, yep. then you say, what was your favorite verse? So they have to comment on what their favorite verse was. Yep. Why was it your favorite verse? What did it mean to you? They'd say what it, what it meant to them. And then you could say, hey, does anybody have any prayer requests? Yeah. Let them say such and such at school did this. and then So then you all pray as a family. This exercise takes 12 to 15 minutes. Yeah, super easy. Super easy to do. But it sets in their hearts that our home is a spiritual home. That's great. So those are just some basic stuff. But So let's recap these five (laughs) failures of most families. Uh, They're not spending enough time. Mm. Number two, when they do spend time, they're not giving true attention. Not enough attention. Number three, not enough discipline. Number four. Not enough affirmation, and number five, not enough spirituality. Yep. So, you, I hate spending all the time talking about where we fail. All right. We gotta have some wins here. Yeah. Well, we gotta have some wins. So, what what does culture say is a win for parenting?
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, I knew that we were going to be talking about uh, parenthood a little bit. So I've I've been doing some research on just different studies um, that are out there, and there's this large study. Um, done about like what parents right now in culture in our world, uh, in the United States, like what is a high value, uh, for culture right now. And I thought it was super, super interesting because the, the number one win for parenting right now, the thing that they say is the most important is that their kids are financially stable. Um, and then it goes down, you know have, have good jobs, earn a college degree, get married, um, have a successful life. And so it was just interesting seeing that I guess the hierarchy there of what a lot of people in culture right now in our world um as a, as a top value yeah I think it needs to be different for us as Christians yeah and as
1: I know those are all you know all important things because you want your legacy to succeed Like yeah. you think about your kids your grandkids you want to set them up well uh, and oftentimes economics play mm-hmm. a huge part of that uh their education plays a huge part of that. Their social environment plays a, a lot of that. Right. Who are their friends? Where are they? So these are all understandable wins. They're all earthly wins. Yeah. Okay. Let me flip it on its head. Yeah. I would say the number one goal for every parent is that kids find their way to God. Yeah. They find. Out their own personal relationship with God and posturing them. And the way that we do that as parents is we, we, in many ways, we are, are a representation or a reflection of God. Right. If we're bad fathers, they're going to think father God is bad. Mm. And that's scary, but that's just how it is. Right. They have a hard time relating to a good father if they have a bad father, earthly father. So I think modeling who God is to our kids is huge, but also setting them up, as we talked about, in environments where they're postured to fall in love with God. Yes. Parents, let me reason with you just for a moment. If your kids gain the whole world but lose their soul and they spend an eternity away from God, right? Do you really love them? Like, and the flip side of it is, if they kind of wrestle through life, have some hardships, struggles, maybe not millionaires, but Mm -hmm. they make it, but they spend an eternity with God. right? Give me eternity with God all day. (laughs) Right. As a parent, if you find out that your child is eternally separated from God, this is what Christians believe. There's, there's a yeah. heaven and a hell. So and the, the formative years and how they are learning to, to fear God, walk with God, know God,
2: yeah.
0: parents, man, this is number one. Right. Right? Without a question. Yeah, we have this thing that we say in our house. We, every night before we go to bed, they're like, I'm like, boys, what's the most important thing? And they're like, that we love Jesus. I'm like, that's right. And we say that every time before we go and have mm-hmm. our goodnight prayers. But it's just like, man, this is the heartbeat of our family. This is our heartbeat. This is your heartbeat is that we love Jesus and we're going to follow him.
1: Well, if, if, if something were to happen to you and, and God forbid, yeah, like life ended for you. The only way you see your kids again is right. if they know God and, and love him. Mm-hmm follow him, obey him. And so like I had this conversation with our daughters. So I said, girls, look, if anything ever happens to dad, it was one of those nights where we were laying up talking about everything. All the things, yeah. I just said, if anything ever happens to dad, just remember, love Jesus. Yep, Follow him your whole life, and we'll see each other again. That's great. And so that's number one. Number two is to love family. Mm. Like if you teach them to enjoy being with their family, yeah. the trends that you're setting up, setting them up for, it's not just going to bring you joy yeah. throughout your life, because they're going to want to be around. But it's going to set the trend in their family when they raise a family. They're going to build, and man, that's what America is. Right. is. We're bro- the we're broken. Yeah. I mean, I can unashamedly say this. There's so many people who don't believe in the nuclear family.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm like, this is ungodly Mm -hmm. to have an attack against the nuclear family. Yeah. And many people are like, they don't believe in it because they've never experienced the joy and the beauty of it. But this is God's design, the nuclear family. Yeah. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and and Micah, it says, what does God desire from you but godly children? Yeah. Or Malachi, sorry. Godly children. What does he want from your union? Godly children. Right. God desires a man, a wife, children. You say, well, man, that's not my reality. It's okay. God can give you the grace yes. to raise a godly family. Right. But the goal would be to raise those kids to where they have a nuclear family. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be completely honest with people, culture's headed down a wrong path. Yeah. Destroying the nuclear family. Yeah. Or
0: devaluing the nuclear family. But it's so, something I've learned from being in youth ministry too is so many kids that don't have great family structure, they desire to grow up and have great family structure. Like they, that's almost every kid that I talk to like, oh, my parents are divorced or, oh, this has happened or, oh, this is my family's situation. And the more conversations you have, like, but I want to grow up and mm-hmm. have this. Right. I want to, you know, and so it's like I feel like it's inherently in us to want this and to to cleave to this and desire, you know, this family structure that I think is a godly family it's structure. It's godly.
1: It's, how God, wa- it's God, how God desires it and yeah. designed it. And it's not that the other can't work because right. maybe you're listening to your single mom or your single dad like, hey, dude. You can do this. You can do yes. it. God is for you and, and He's with you. He can He help you. But your kids, you want them to be set up mm-hmm. to, to have a husband or a wife and, and a solid family structure. So uh, anyway, we want That's our great. kids to love family. Yeah. We want them to want to be around at Thanksgiving. We want them to love to be around at Christmas. Yeah. We want them to appreciate family traditions. Yeah. Things that we do. Oh, I remember we used to build a fire and then this, we used to do this, and, you know, yeah. just family traditions. Uh, and then let's, make, let's give a third win. Third win is for them to love people, mm. which means they're kind to people, they're generous to people, compassionate to That's people, good. they love the world, they love people of the world. Yeah. You know, give me a kid any day that maybe doesn't rise to the top of the corporation or the top of the class, but is kind and loving to people and really uh, makes a difference in people's lives, loves people. I think that's such a value to instill in people. We do that by setting trends in our conversations, in our activities. We serve. We, we, We take opportunities to love people. We correct them when they make fun of people. Right. Or when they they don't have that compassion, we <laughs> yeah. we reason with them, we put them in the right in the uh, right thinking. Yep. So, uh, first, a goal, a great win is to love God. Second is for them to love their family. Second, third is to love people. Uh, if I were to give a fourth one, I would say is to really value and pursue excellence. Mm. Excellence, which means. Excellent in your schoolwork. We're not going to be lazy. Yeah. We're going to be excellent. Right. We're going to finish that task. We're going to finish our homework. Right. We're going to, you know, our, when we, if we're taking piano lessons or music lessons, we're going to actually practice. Right. We're going we're to be excellent. And, you know, if you teach them to value excellence, no matter what they put their hands to, they're going to take they're it all the do. way. And, I, and, and correcting sloppiness, yeah. half hearted, haphazard right. jobs. You know, hey, will you clean the living room? They clean the ribbon room, but there's still socks, and there's
0: still different things. Yeah. No, we're not finished. you know. Right. It's got to be excellent. So, Something that's interesting about all four of these, I feel like, and I, I watched a video a couple of weeks ago. It was one of those YouTube videos where there's a bunch of parents that are all talking about their different styles. And one of the moms was like, I don't want to teach my kid anything. I want them to be able to be who they want to be and come up. And I think it's so interesting because all four of these, I feel like, require – a lot of input from us as parents. It requires direction from us. It requires intentionality from us as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, man, I, that's something I strive in my life. Like I want to have that intentionality. I want to teach my kids to love God. I want to teach them to love their family. I want to teach them to love people, you know, but I love that. You're a great dad. Come on. Man. Yeah. I'll
1: watch you with your, your boys. You're awesome. But you come from great families. You yeah. uh, know, So, man, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I pray that uh, this topic is ministered to you. Some parts of it may have rubbed you wrong, but uh, I'm giving you my feedback on what what it means to be a solid parent and have some wins and what we should steer away from. So, anyway, thank you for tuning in. Carter, thanks for being a guest host. We'll see you next time on Conversations.